I knew that God was not calling me to isolate, that it was supposed to be a time where I could show what it looked like to have a total dependence on Jesus, even in the worst imaginable circumstances. Hey, welcome to another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast committed to bringing stories of hope and insight to those on the front lines of Christian ministry. Our desire is for all of us to see, sense, and experience God's voice through their stories. And through these stories, we may see His hand and hear His voice in our lives. The Relate, Refresh, and Restore podcast is brought to you by Romans 12 Ministries, where we are wildly committed to transforming the church, one pastor, missionary, and ministry leader at a time. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and then when you walked away, you were thinking, man, that was like God was speaking right through that person to me. You know, I think of some of those heroes of the faith for me that if I was to have lunch with them for like 30 minutes, it'd probably be the same way. It'd be like God almost speaking from them to me. I mean, heroes for me would be Billy Graham and uh, Chuck Colson. Mother Teresa, Jay Vernon McGee, Randy Alcorn, C.S. Lewis, Augustine Ignatius, Jerome Spurgeon, the list goes on and on. But you know, recently I felt that way the first time I met with Kimberly Lee. She sat in my office and we were just talking and chatting. And I knew that she had lost her husband of 20 years or so. I didn't know him, but he sure had a good name in the community and I wish I would have met him but I knew that he had passed away. But as she shared her story of the redeeming power of God through it all, I was so overwhelmed by the hope that was in the story that I thought, you know, you, our audience, would be inspired to get up in the morning after listening to the story, no matter what is happening in your life right now. Well, Kimberly Lee, she lives in Tucson, Arizona. She's a mother of three grown children. She was married to Brian Lee for over 20 years, where they had this treasured marriage of love, passion, commitment, and ministry together. I'm David Town, your host of the Relate, Refresh, and Restore podcast. Kimberly Lee, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I am so grateful that you came in. You know what? Our story began, it was about a month ago mm-hmm. or so, you're in my office and you were telling me your story, which I didn't really know. And I thought to myself, even then, this has got to be a podcast. This, there's a story of hope here in the midst of grief and heartache and tragedy that I think people will resonate with and maybe encourage and refresh them. Amen. I feel honored and privileged. And so you could easily have said no to me because it's too painful, mm-hmm. but I definitely saw Christ in you as you shared your story. So I thought, let's let's do it. So thanks for saying yes. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Mm. So let's go back a little bit. You were married to Brian and sound like an incredible relationship, incredible friendship. So can we go back to the beginning and just kind of give us a quick snapshot of how you met and, and your 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 marriage? I would love to. There's two things that I love to do. I love bragging on Jesus, and I love talking about Brian Lee. So we met in 1995, and it was definitely an unlikely match. He had grown up in the church. He knew from an early age that he wanted to be a pastor and the calling on his life. I, um, on the other hand, took a little longer to find Jesus, and so I was already in my 20s. And so us being together was 
kind of hysterical because we had come from some opposite sides of growing up and understanding who Jesus was. But that's the way that God loves to do things sometimes, is he redeems things that we don't even think are redeemable. So we were together for 25 years, and I was loved absurdly. Brian was 20 when I met him, and he was young, and it was uh, he had just really learned how to serve others well, especially his family. And so there wasn't a place in Tucson that I didn't go, that I didn't think that Brian would show up just to say hi, just to brag on me, just to talk to somebody and say, hey, you're going to love my wife. And so I operated from a place of profound love. There wasn't a day that I went to bed and did not know that I was loved, even if we were arguing. And so that is actually a treasure that I know that not everybody has experienced. So I'm very well aware of that. But I was gifted with such deep friendship and love in the midst of this marriage. And you couldn't wait to be a pastor's wife. Well, I don't know if I signed up for that right away. (laughs) So then... Great marriage. Mm -hmm. You have children? We have three kids. Um, We have uh, Lakin, Landon, and Lawson, and they're now uh, in their, their young adults. Three L's? Three L's. Why do parents do that to us? We like to make it difficult. Oh, my gracious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's then fast forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, tragedy hits. Uh, The unexpected. July of 2020, Brian had an accident, and he unfortunately passed away in our home. And where there's profound love, when it is lost, there's profound grief. All of the kids were home, and at this time, um, they were 15, 17, and 19. So we basically went through a Noah's Ark epic proportion devastation of everything we had known before was stripped away. And at that point, I had a choice. There was a choice to be made when faced with that kind of devastation, despair, and grief. And I had to decide um, to take God at his word. Is he the God who he says he is? Is he the God who promises to never leave or forsake me? Is he a God that uh, will bind up the brokenhearted, who will be my rock, who will be my all in all, who will be my strength when I literally could not stand up? And that was the choice that I had to make. Mm. So that's where I really want to kind of hone in on because, you know, obviously when I was hearing your story, I was thinking about my own marriage and my own beloved wife, and the tightness that we have, and the best friends, and for her to be snatched away, mm-hmm. the, the suddenness of death has always kind of, yeah, made me, yeah, struggle. Right. So how do you get through that? When you, because you talk about this profound grief. Right. And yet taking God for what he says, that he is in control, how do you weather that? I knew that I could not survive this by myself. I knew that my my roots had to be dug deeper. I need to know God deeper, and I needed to rely on Him completely. I didn't understand completely how that was going to work out, but again, there was a choice to be made that I knew because of following Jesus for 25 years before that, that He promised to be present in the suffering. He promised to live 
closer to me because I was in such utter despair. So there was this total dependence that happens out of desperation. And a lot of people were surprised that I didn't crawl into a hole and not come out, you know, until the pre-prescribed 18 months or three years or whatever. But every time I looked into the Bible, I never saw that because of your pain, it should stop you or take you out of what Jesus called unto your uh, called in life. So again, I had a choice that in the profound grief and pain, do I isolate or do I keep proclaiming and testing to what God was doing in me and through me? Could I reflect the king in the kingdom? Could I return to peace and joy? Could I be obedient even in the suffering and the circumstances that were unimaginable? So that's kind of where I went is that I knew that God was not calling me to isolate, that it was supposed to be a time where I could show what it looked like to have a total dependence on Jesus even in the worst imaginable circumstances. Wow. Because I just I just think if roles were reversed mm-hmm. where I'm in and my flesh says I would pull a Forrest Gump. Right. I would I would just get my tennis shoes on. I would I would just be running. Right. I would just walk mm-hmm. across the country or something. I mean there would be a tendency to isolate and just kind of remove myself. Right. But you made that choice to get back in the game in the midst of the grief and the suffering. What I think is important is I made the choice to follow the will of the Father. So what I was feeling was I could not go on. What I asked God is, what do you want me to do? So it was really searching and seeking the heart of the Father rather than just what I was feeling and going through. And it was important to know that I was going to to hold, can I hold the both and the and? Can you hold profound grief, but profound treasure and blessing at the same time? So it's both and. And to live with those at the same time, there's a tension there, and it is not always held easily. So learning to live with, again, you know, walking my three kids through losing their father, walking the community and people through losing Brian, who was such an important part to the Christian community. And, you know, he grew up here. He was raised here. It was walking people through losing such a man as as he was. But God did tell me early on that my husband was unique, but my loss was not. That many, many people have gone through loss. So it was really important to have an eternal perspective rather than just focusing all the time on um, what I was feeling. Mm. You shared with me that people uh, people really helped you along this journey. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about that? I did. Um, one of the things that helped is how people in this community lavished my family. So again, I had the choice to focus on just the despair and the grief or to focus on the blessings that kept showing up. And again, this was not easy. And there were many days that it was a lot harder to do this. But I knew that who, where my strength and the source of my strength was coming from. And so 
they I knew that God cared a lot about the details and that he is an extravagant God. And if you know, I it would take another podcast to be able to tell you all the ways God nudged others to show up and bless my family. Although there were important things like financial benefits, there was a financial covering which helped me be present for my kids. I was able to be with my kids. I was able to help walk them through the daytime and the nighttime rather than having to go back to work full time which was amazing and it was needed. It was one of the greatest gifts to give me a time and space to heal. I also spent a lot of time devouring the word and and struggling through the scriptures, again, trying to understand this deep pain and what I was to do with it and how I was to go on. Um, But the other gifts and nudges and the blessings and treasures was people who, you know, people who pushed through the awkward and chose to still be around the kids. Because let's be honest, grief is awkward. You never know what to say. You don't know what to do. You don't want to make things worse. You don't know if you bring them up. And so pushing through the awkward was really important um, and helped my kids and I see that. It helped the people fill, uh, helped us fill in the gaps where we we're missing Brian so much. And so we have this small group of people who chose to celebrate the holidays, celebrations, anniversaries, kind of the big things with us, which was amazing because, um, you know, those were really painful. And instead of running, they chose to say, chose to say no, we're going to come around you so that the you don't feel the loss so much on those days. And, it you, was, and you embrace that then. I mean, because there's some people say, hey, it's, it, it's our wedding anniversary. I want to be left alone. Right. Everybody's journey is personal. Grief is a profoundly personal journey. Where God had me was to choose to walk this grief and this such personal devastation with community so as that I would not lose ground and sink into utter despair. I mean, this was losing my soulmate, the love of my life. He was my partner. He was my future. And for that to be gone, um, was be it was the unimaginable, but God showed me He redeems the unredeemable and He speaks truth into the unspeakable. No matter what is going on, He wants to redeem that. So it was really giving people the opportunity for God to use them as blessings, as reminders, as treasures for my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just reading this morning, um, going through Micah. And, mm. you know, it's it's a tough book in many ways, but it talks about redemption. Mm-hmm. And this morning I camped on the word redeemed. Amen. And just kind of defining that, actually got out the dictionary, you know, and what does that truly mean to be redeemed? To take something that is so tough and difficult and to redeem it and to think how God does that for us. But you talked about the unimaginable. Right. I mean... And yet that eternal perspective that you have, what was what was the most helpful thing that people did during that those early months? They were intentional. Even though you never know exactly what to do, 
there are wait. God sends people in waves. Sometimes there's the first wave. Sometimes there's a second wave or the third wave. It's never too late to let God nudge you into being intentional and helping out in big ways and small ways. So some people, I would get the small stuff sometimes would bring me to my knees. You know, I would get a text of this is what Brian meant to me, or I would get a prayer, or I would get a necklace in the mail that, you know, one of Brian's things was he loved me sideways eight, which is an affinity sign turned sideways. And so people would do all kinds of things like send me notes or send me metal signs or send me a necklace or a bracelet that had that on that. Just really meeting me where the pain is. Um, There was people who came and did the backyard and helped clean up or looked and saw if our tires were low. There were meals. One of the greatest things people gave us a gift certificate to order one of the meals in, where you order the meals and then you have to cook it together. It helped redeem our family time. It brought us all into the kitchen where we had to be together, even when our our natural instinct was to all go to our separate rooms and isolate because the pain was so much. And these, it caused us to, again, know that we could, we cannot do this alone. The enemy likes to get us alone because then he can pick and add us and wear us down. And I knew that God had promised, I will redeem your family. It might not be what you thought it would look like, but I will redeem your family. And he has done that. It's not that the pain has lessened or the memories are not really hard, but what he does is he's given us a hope that we, he is not finished with us, he's not finished with my family, and that we still have a calling on our life to live out. And this is for everyone. Hey friends of Romans 12, hate for this interruption to happen. I hope you're enjoying and being inspired by Kimberly Lee's story of redemption. But I just wanted to kind of take a moment to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have not subscribed to it, or if you have not shared it with somebody, can you please do that? Uh, We are hearing feedback over and over from these stories of hope, and we are just so grateful that you're listening, that you're passing it on, that you're part of it. Uh, We just had an event for 50 women. It was called Breakfast at Tiffany's. And it was for 50 ministry leaders, women, and they came and they were refreshed and they were restored. And uh, those are kind of the events that we put on, but they're not free. And we really don't charge much for those. And so that is something that comes out of our budget. And same with the podcast. The podcasts aren't free. And so if you've been nudged to partner with us financially, we'd show appreciate that. And you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can do it online. Uh, you can give us a call. Um, but uh, we sure appreciate you prayerfully considering that. Uh, but most of all, thanks for praying for us as we're in the trenches with these ministry leaders and pastors and missionaries and their families as we come alongside them to refresh and restore them. And uh, we do that by God's grace and by His goodness. So let's get back to Kimberly Lee's story. I was going to ask you how the kids are doing right now. You know, they are beautifully broken. There are such, because of the prayer coverings, because of people intentionally reaching out to them, um, asking them to go to a baseball game, having them go shopping with them, taking them to 
dinner. One guy started picking up my middle son and taking him out hunting with them. All the things that their dad might have done with them. The covering and the blessings and the prayers, I can constantly point to my kids how God is undeniable in our life and how you live your life matters and that their dad was a prime example of that and the the how he lived his life we are seeing a lot of the blessings from that and so being able to point them constantly to the undeniable Jesus has really helped things uh, not running away from the pain just kind of leaning into it and talking about it and laughing about it one of my goals early on was to be able to talk about Brian and laugh and not just cry and we are at that point and so the loss is always there the pain is always there. It doesn't get easier. You just learn to hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are, they carry the imprint of their earthly father. And we are covered by our heavenly father. So again, profoundly grieving, but profoundly blessed. So did you go through a time where you just thought, why God? Why, why, why did you allow this to happen? I found that wasn't going to end up being helpful for me. I did not ask a lot of the why. I chose to turn that around to what now? Are you the God that you promised you are? Are you the Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides? Are you Helchroy, the God who sees? Are you Yahweh, the great I am? Are you all of those things? Are you faithful? Will you remain? Will you be my hope, my rock, my city? And he he was. He showed up and that much more. So I am compelled to testify that who he is, who he says he is, he is. Because in my darkest nights and my deepest despair, he held me so close and walked me through. So I, I just, I chose, a choice had to be made. I chose not to focus on the why, but to, to the who. Hmm. What now? What now? What now? Hmm. What a message hmm. for all of us. Wow. Amen. I want to ask you just what didn't help? There were some things that to be really careful. And again, we make statements or we offer advice. And we we say these things because of the awkwardness and we don't always know how to respond. But what didn't help was putting a timeline on things. You know, you'll feel better in this amount of time or you'll feel better this amount of time. It also didn't help always to give advice or cliches that we've heard. What really helped was people just being present to listen. One of the greatest gifts was someone asking me, do you want to talk about what you miss the most about him? And I did. And I, you know, I love talking about Brian. And so it gave me the safety and the space to really remember the beautiful times, remember the profound treasure of my husband. And so that was really helpful. Some people, it wasn't, they would come over and it was just to 
offer a meal and to sit down and chat with me. And they gave me the space. If you want to talk about them, you can. But if not, then it's okay for us just to sit here. So just, again, I want to push back to do the will of the Father. Do what He asks us to do. Say what He asks us to say. Stop trying to fill in the blanks uh, with the things that just kind of you want people to move faster. I think what is not also helpful is pushing people to move in their grief faster than need to be because we're uncomfortable. We need to be able to sit together in grief a little bit better. And I think that that's where we can find the the oneness in Jesus is really letting each other not rush past hard things. We don't like to sit in grief. We don't like to we sit in grief. We do not like to do that. I, I don't know if that's a, a human thing or just a United States thing, but we do not like that. We want to move on. And I think when we're trying to be with people who are grieving, right. we we try to stay away from that. So that question, you know, tell me what you loved about Brian mm-hmm. would probably be foreign to me because I, I think maybe that may, will make you feel uncomfortable. But you... you that was something that was a positive. It was a positive. And again, I believe using discernment and wisdom and not walking away from people because, you know, you we had to reorientate our entire world. And when people walk away and ignore us or don't come near us, it causes more of a loneliness. And so I would just like to encourage people out there that if you are feeling like, oh, I should do this or I should not do this, I would I would pray about it and really say, Lord, what would you have me to do or say? And then follow through with it and let the outcome, you never know what the outcome is going to be. That's not a responsibility. But I can tell you, you know, there some of the small things that literally brought our family to our knees in in tears of blessing. You know, I had one friend who sent scripture cut up in an envelope with my name inserted in it. That doesn't seem like a big deal. It was a really big deal uh, to see the, you know, Kimberly. God is holding you near. Kimberly, don't forget that he's your hope. You know, literally putting that in there. It's stuff like that, that we need to be creative and intentional in the times of despair Mm -hmm. and not be worried about our outcome or if we're doing the right or wrong thing. So I want to ask you, how have you changed? How have you changed over these last couple years? The big things don't seem as big anymore. And the small things could, again, I've said this a couple times, have brought me to my knees. I have learned that a dependence on Jesus that I don't think I would have learned in any other way but these unimaginable circumstances. I've learned that if when the storms come, when the darkness falls, when the unimaginable happens, who you were anchored in and where your source is, where you get of your overflow and your filling up is coming from, it matters. It matters. And I have, there was a choice to be made. And I chose to stay connected to God, stay connected to family, and stay connected to community, no matter how hard, uh, no matter how I wanted to run the other way. Hmm. The easy thing is to pull the covers up and say, no more. But again, I, try, I took Jesus at his word and said, in his darkest times, he pressed into the will of the Father. 
And so that is what I'm choosing to do also. You know, we talked a little bit about some of the, the hard times during the day. Mm-hmm. You said nighttime. The nighttime is, is Tell us a little bit more about that. You know he's supposed to be home from work. You know he's supposed to be there cooking dinner and talking about our days and all the sharing that we did. He wasn't a husband that was absent. He was a husband that was present very much in all of our lives. So the nighttime, there's this big gap there. And so it is amazing, again, how we ha- I had to make a choice to not fill it with just a bunch of activities, but fill it with spending time with my children, being intentional, having conversations, making dinners together, really helping us to relearn what it is to be a family without him when we didn't want to. And again, this wasn't easy. And having other people invite us over to dinner, uh, come over for dinner, bring dinner, just don't walk away and do nothing because all the stuff, the little stuff and the big stuff matters. One thing that I've been doing that you shared with me is uh, that he would, Brian would each night uh, put his hand on your back when mm. you guys were about ready to go to sleep. Is that right? Am it, I- it did. He did. So when we first got married, and this is a, kind of a funny story, uh, I was so excited to be married to him. And one of my greatest honors was being Brian Lee's wife. So every night at about three o'clock in the morning, I would wake up and I would put my hand on his stomach just to make sure he was still breathing because he was a non-negotiable for me. And, you know, three kids later and a church and ministry and life and teaching, sometimes, you know, that stopped. He wasn't, you know, every morning to wake up, sleep was precious. But he started uh, early on, right when we had kids, that no matter what, even if we were in an argument, even if we were exhausted, Every night there was, he would touch, either have his foot or his hand or somewhere where there was a connection that was physically made to say, I am here. One of the things I had to ask God, especially in the nighttime, in the early morning is, Lord, will you be with me? Will you comfort me when I don't have the physical presence of the love of my life? And although... It is not the same. He is God is faithful, and He shows up. Hmm. Wow. Well, I um, would love to have our listeners. Mm. You know, if, if I'm sure it's touched you as it's touched me, the story and the courageous story and the way you have looked at it so eternally, and I just it just inspires me. And so, listeners, if you want to give me uh, a call or um, reach out via website. I'd love to give you um, Kimberly's number, if that's okay. I would They would. I would love to have them contact me by email. Email, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being so real and genuine and just sharing your heart. Thanks for getting up today. Amen. All right. We've got a big God. Amen. Mm-hmm. You are loved. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today at another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast sponsored by Romans 12 Ministries. For more information on Romans 12 Ministries, visit us at romans12ministries.org or give us a call at 520-982-5877. May we all continue to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer.